the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, last week was a bad week because we didn't get to talk to our friend Jack Windsor from the Ohio Press Network. But Jack is back today, and I'm really looking forward to sailing into my weekend with a visit with Jack. Follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. His site is TheOhioPressNetwork.com. And Jack, East Palestine has been in the news for the last couple of weeks, and it remains in the news. Donald Trump there, Pete Buttigieg there yesterday, Aaron Brockovich, the uh, whistleblower, is going to be there today for a town hall. So we've got about a three-week-long view of this. Uh, what stands out to you? What things uh, appear that uh, you know we might not notice from just the day-to-day news events? You know, what stands out to me is that what garnered national attention in the beginning was the journalist who was arrested uh, during a DeWine press conference. And, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but you look back and you recognize, okay, we knew at that point that there were five cars that had extremely toxic materials that were cut open, drained, and lit on fire. And the only thing that anyone really wanted to talk about was the journalist at that point. Now, we did our best to really cover uh, what went down and how it went down. But I'm really struck by the juxtaposition. Uh, number one, Governor Mike DeWine, in his first term as governor, uh, is probably going to be forever known as the guy who made sure that you had your mask on um, when you were uh, moving from sitting down in a restaurant to standing up to walk up to pay your bill or to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, he was very tight with his governance uh, on COVID. And then now you look at East Palestine. And, uh, you know, not long after these things uh, were drained and burnt up, he said, yeah, it's safe. Go back to your house, drink your water. Uh, the air is going to be OK. Um, so, you know, there's that juxtaposition. And then, oh, by the way, yes, you mentioned uh, Mayor Pete was there. Uh, the EPA administrator has been there. But, you know, they were only there after J.D. Vance stuck a stick in the creek and raked it across the bottom. And you saw toxic sludge appear at the top of the water. And all of a sudden, people went, wait a minute, maybe we better take a look at this. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even then, frankly, the EPA administrator was going to take a trip to Africa with an actress to talk about, you know, these global issues. Um, And Mayor Pete was still talking about how we're inherently racist and that affects infrastructure. Then all of a sudden, this guy by the name of Donald Trump says, hey, I'm going to East Palestine. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. EPA guy cancels his trip. Uh, Mayor Pete decides he's going to, I don't know, ride his bike, I guess. It took him three weeks to get here. But it's that juxtaposition. Um, where, Where were the feds in the beginning? And, you know, now they're talking tough to Norfolk Southern, so on and so forth. But the reality is this is Trump country. This is J.D. Vance country. And a lot of people are sitting back on, do you not care because we're red meat Republican Ohio? Is that is that the issue here, federal government? So uh, those two juxtapositions stand out the most to me, Bruce. Yeah, Jack, as I look at this, I'm just stunned by how unaware the Biden administration was of the layup that was there for them on this, given that, uh, A, Biden's Mr. Train. And that, you know, he talks about the forgotten man, the working man, the union man. And here's this town where they can demonize Big Rail, even though they're in bed with Big Rail and they, you know, brokered this incredible deal for rail workers. 
uh, what, when they were going to have this supply chain interruption. And, oh, by the way, now they're saying it's Donald Trump's evil train policies. Well, I don't recall that they did anything when they were negotiating with the rail unions to fix those evil train, uh, evil rail policies. They weren't a big deal then. It was all about rail workers' uh, sick time and paid time off. But how do you be so clueless as a Democrat to not see that this is a layup for you and they let the Republicans beat them to the punch on East Palestine? As you said, I think the most powerful visual in this whole thing is, other than the incredible mushroom cloud of toxic fumes is jd vance raking that creek bed which again how does mr man of the people sherrod brown how does jd vance beat sherrod brown to the punch there well you know what's even funnier about that i'm going to start there and it's not funny actually if i'm looking at this as somebody who's hopeful i would say well isn't it great that sherrod brown teamed up with jd vance and and wrote a letter you know they're on the same page saying hey We've got to fix this. Uh, Norfolk Southern, you need to be responsible. Federal government, you need to make sure that you're doing all the follow-up and follow-through here so this, the people of East Palestine are safe. You know, but I look at that and I go, that's Sherrod Brown holding onto a life raft. If he's, if he's partnering with a, a rookie senator uh, to do what he's doing, uh, I think he recognizes, man, we're in trouble. I'm on Team Biden. Team Biden isn't doing well. To answer your, your obvious question, though, why did they miss the layup? Bruce, I I can't figure this group out other than if it's the right thing, they're going to do the wrong thing. I don't know what the wrong thing's going to be, but I mean, my goodness. You, and then you get the, the the transportation secretary here yesterday, and let's talk about the optics on that. I don't know if you saw that story, but his press secretary yeah. essentially said to reporters, "No, no, you're being too aggressive. You need to turn the camera." Yeah, I don't want to be on camera. I played the audio yesterday. She's like, "I'll talk to you, but I won't be on camera." I'm like, "You're the press person." So, right. And then, I mean, it's just we we leave weapons in the Middle East. We pretend that we don't have uh, rabid inflation. We let a a Chinese spy balloon that we now understand the government knew was a Chinese spy balloon. Go ahead and capture these critical details about it. And and you just you scratch your head and then you hear, you know, the Oracle KJP talk. And I mean, first of all, not only do they do things wrong, but they lie to you about everything. So, um I said yesterday, Jack, I said yesterday that the Biden administration owes the creators of Seinfeld a royalty because the mantra of this administration is the old George Costanza line. It's not a lie if you believe it. The Afghanistan withdrawal, extraordinary success. Southern border is secure. Wages are going up and electric bills are going down. Like everything is not a lie if they believe it and they believe it. So it's not a lie. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Russia claiming that, you know, their economic growth is, you know, maybe slight, slightly above zero or slightly below. You know, I think some people get so caught up in uh, figuring out how they're going to use statistics to manipulate people that maybe they do eventually believe them. And I think that's a great explanation for the Biden administration. And I apologize for the opinion. I just have never been so perplexed in my life. Uh, about what's going on in Washington, D.C. than I am right now. Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com is his site. Follow him on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. Okay, uh, I actually thought in the beginning, too, uh, this East Palestine train derailment, besides being the right thing to do, I thought was an obvious clarity moment for John Husted to say to Governor DeWine, look, we need to set up a shop in that, we need to set up an office in that town, we need to be there. We need to. This is like I don't understand why John Husted didn't see that 
this is his opportunity to be governor, is to go in there and win the moment. He might still be able to do it. Uh, he attended an event yesterday that I was at, and we exchanged pleasantries, and I have no personal issues with John, but I thought it was interesting that he declared he's going to run for governor now that uh, frequent guest on this show, Matt Mayer, declared for governor, which a lot of people thought Matt doing it was really early, but now I notice the, the guy sitting in the chair next to Mike DeWine is doing it. So what do you make of John Husted's future ambitions, and will Mike DeWine's... Um, I'm trying to think of a nice word here. Will Mike DeWine's um, issues with Republicans who voted for Renacy and Joe Blystone, will those cling forever to John Husted, specifically the COVID policies? Yeah, there's a lot of stink that you need to get out of your wardrobe. It's like walking into a pig pen. Um, and, and he's got to figure out how to detach that smell from himself. Now, I'll, the thing that a lot of people are, are talking about that seems like a contradiction, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, was DeWine's uh, difference in how he is handling this crisis versus COVID. Well, maybe that is a course correction that's intentional. Maybe he's not going to say, hey, uh, I didn't do it right with COVID, but man, I'm going to do it right here. That might be endearing to some people, um, but they better make sure that they that they play it up that way um, if we're just talking simply about the marketing message. John Husted had a chance, I think. I remember very vividly at one point where there was scuttlebutt that he was about to detach himself from Governor DeWine in the middle of this COVID crisis when people were saying, hey, here's the data, what you're doing isn't working, and he continued to double down. Uh, a lot of people were saying behind the scenes that Husted was furious, that he was frustrated. I think he had a chance there to step out. Um, but he's got a lot of, of work to do. I will tell you, I talked with him yesterday, too, uh, on another station, and uh, I asked him a really hard question about, you know, he's always been seen as the guy who wants to marry workforce development to our education structure. And right now, with Intel coming to town, a lot of people are concerned that if we do that, Intel is going to be the, the tail that wags the dog and says, hey, we're going to give your colleges and universities money. We're going to give your school districts money, but you're going to promote our LGBTQ activism, our you know pro-death uh, or pro-choice stance. I asked him about that yesterday, and, man, he came out guns a-blazing. He said, absolutely not. I would not let that stand. So he's saying the right things. I think the challenge John Husted is going to have is what can he show people with his behavior while still being under the the leadership of Mike DeWine in the governor's chair? Yeah, I agree. And I thought that at the time that he was going through it, you know, you can't take him on. You can't contradict him. Uh, it was a tough spot to be in. Uh, I do think that he is a different uh governor than DeWine or a different gov uh, governing person. I think he has different views than DeWine does. Uh, and I don't think Husted got enough credit for being the guy who I think saved high school sports in the fall of 2020. I think he pounded the mm -hmm. table for that and saved yep. high school sports. So uh, he's got time to now, I think, when you're in the second term, he's got time to kind of distance himself from the governor on some things. But I do think East Palestine gives him a tremendous opportunity to uh, to do just that. Jack, if you would, stick right there. I want to ask you about Vivek Ramaswamy's declaring his run for President of the United States. Back with Jack Windsor, next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Make sure you catch the podcast of The Bruce Hooley Show every day. Producer Pam has it up almost as soon as the show ends. Extremely fast at it. You can catch it at 989theanswer.com or at theanswerdayton.com. If you miss a segment or if you want to hear it again, maybe you think, ooh, that was really dumb, or conversely, hey, that was really smart. I'd like to share that with somebody. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast very, very much. 
All right, kind enough, uh, Jack Windsor, our buddy from the OhioPressNetwork.com, to stick with us through the break. And, Jack, I wanted to ask you about Vivek Ramaswamy, Columbus guy, entrepreneur, guy we've seen on conservative talk shows for the past couple of years. He's built quite a bit of name recognition, and now he's really shooting for the stars. Running for president, uh, I have many who say he's got no shot, but I think that his presence, his eloquence, his background uh, can advance the entire Republican viewpoint because he's saying things that I think resonate with the majority of Americans like who believe in meritocracy and can't believe we've advanced to a point in time where it's supposedly evil to say that meritocracy is a good thing for individuals and a good thing for our nation. Vivek Ramaswamy is a rock star. I had a chance to talk with him a week ago. I will talk with him again today. I watched his video that he put out when he made his announcement, and I was holding back tears. And uh, maybe I shouldn't share that on the air, but the reality is he understands what people who have been under the, this tyrannical grip uh, for three or four years are feeling. And he spoke to it so directly and so eloquently, as you said, uh, there is something there that's going to resonate. He's young. Um, you know, he's, he's Indian. Uh, he is extremely articulate. Uh, I think that he is willing to say, here are the big issues. Some of this other stuff, those are details. Let's not come off the big issues. I think he is going to resonate with some people. I, I'll probably be made fun of for saying this. I told Whitney earlier in the week, I said, Vivek Ramaswamy reminds me a little bit of John F. Kennedy. He just has this ability to stir passion and hope in, in America. And I think that's going to catch fire. Now, is that going to be enough for him to overcome some of the heavy hitters in the Republican primary? I don't know. But I can tell you that he will absolutely, at a minimum, in my opinion, shape the conversation and put forward some significant issues that the Republicans can champion in the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, maybe he's doing this to shape the conversation and then he can pivot and be a candidate for Senate. I mean, when you declare for president, it gets you a name recognition in a way that declaring for Senate in the state of Ohio would not. But uh, he's an interesting guy and he's 37, so he's got a long future ahead of him. And uh, it's certainly great to see someone who I think resonates with young people articulate the conversation from the perspective that he does. I feel the same way about you, Jack, and the work that you do at theohiopressnetwork.com. Appreciate you coming on the show. As always, don't make me go without our normal Friday visit again soon because I look forward to them so much. Bruce, I do too. Thank you for your kind words, and we'll do it again next week. Now, regarding the East Palestine train derailment, we got the comments yesterday from the NTSB lady. Hold on a second. I'm stifling a sneeze. Sorry about that. Uh, so she said that this is not an accident, okay? Now, look, obviously it's an accident in that Norfolk Southern didn't want this to happen. It's going to cost them a ton of money to try to get the whole thing taken care of. But uh, here's her rationale for saying that uh, it's not an accident. This was 100% preventable. We call things accidents. There is no accident. Every single event that we investigate is preventable. Okay, well, you could say that about any accident, right? You could say that about any car accident. Like, for instance, we've got the state trooper who's still in the hospital, and they've now charged the woman from Georgia who was high on four or five things or three or four things. I mean, yeah, that's preventable. It's still an accident. I mean, she didn't 
in her heart of hearts, want to hit the state trooper. The only one I can think of was when the flock of birds hit Scully's airplane and he landed it on the Hudson. That was an unfortunate accident. Yeah, that's an accident when you run into that birds. wild. For sure. Yeah. Uh, here she is more on how this transpired. Upon passing the third detector with a temperature of 253 degrees above ambient, that's critical, 253 degrees above ambient, a critical audible alarm message sounded instructing the crew to slow and stop the train. So 253 degrees above ambient, ambient temperature is like the prevailing temperature. So it's 253 degrees above that. Now they said that so the... So what was it at that time? 40 something maybe? Mm, probably, 40s? yeah. So I said yesterday it was like around 300 degrees, which the bearing that overheated was in a car not carrying vinyl chloride, not one of the toxic chemicals, but it was carrying plastics, okay? Some kind of plastics. In fact, I've heard plastic pellets. And if you've ever grabbed a skillet that has a metal handle and you don't use a potholder or something, you know that the burner is on the bottom of the skillet, but that the heat can radiate to the handle. Well, similarly... This train, which is obviously the car is metal, this train car got so hot, the bearing got so hot that the heat from the bearing radiated into the car and the plastic pellets in the car caught fire. So, I mean, that's super, super hot. So that's what happened. Now, when did they get the warning? To me, that's the operative fact is if you're going and they said the train was going 47 miles an hour through east palestine when it derailed which you and i both think pam that's ridiculously I, fast for in a town i have to know below wh- the limit below the limit's us, 50 they're going below the limit one of us is going to have to look this up because i've actually looked at homes on train tracks in mid-ohio mm-hmm. and i actually found out you were talking about the volume of trains the number of trains the ones that go through Worthington, for instance, or the ones that go through um, Smoky Row area, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, there's a, a 24 trains a day was the estimate I was given a good 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's one an hour. And you referenced how many were going through East Palestine at, at the time. Yeah, I forget what I said, but it was and a it lot. And it was a high number. Yeah, yes, exactly. But my question is, the ones that go through Worthington, for instance are only doing about 20 mile an hour through the actual, right there at Wilson Bridge mm-hmm. and what, they can't go super fast, Flint Road, etc. So why do they go so fast through East well, Palestine? Well, I think there are some things, and the Ohio General Assembly is going to look at this, mm-hmm. there are some things that can come out of this that could help prevent this kind of a thing in the future. And we'll get into some of those things and answer the question, how long does it take a train to stop? There you go. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.